Welcome to Fifth Draw Wild, everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and we're still doing intros this way because I still don't have time. Uh, with us today is our uh, returning guest, the reigning world champion heavyweight guest person, Jake Mason. The reigning, defending, undisputed Fifth Row Wild heavyweight champion is back. You're welcome. I've been I've been sitting on the sidelines. We did that. We did that super sode for a month. And I, we put a lot of work, and I was I was gonna just like lay low for a while, figuring I, having being satisfied with the job that I had done. But then Alan Sells comes on and starts talking about God Chocobos, and I will not stand for that. Not on the podcast on which I am the champion. I don't think so. Is this your heel turn? Is that what it just? I'm turning heel. heel. Oh, I'm shooting, brother. Like a Chocobo, kill those chicken horses. Throw them in the garbage where they belong. I, Matt, I deleted that podcast right then. I deleted that episode right there. I did not listen to the rest of it because I will not brook a chocobo. Uh, to my listeners who might be new, um, <laughs> you should go listen to that episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and two, what Jake d- may not know yet is that all those times he just cursed that I get to bleep out because this is a family-friendly podcast, my official new bleep sound is Alan doing the chocobo noise. So That is... That is unconscionable and entrapment, Matt. <laughs> it makes me very happy. Um, welcome back, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's a wonder why you would. Uh, well, because it's Bontober, mainly. It is the most wonderful time of year, Bontober. It's uh, it's the reason for, for October, really. I don't know of any other holiday that, that gets celebrated this month, so it needed something. No, I mean, there there isn't a single one. Um uh, I I mean there kind of is, but it's mostly it starts in May. People start celebrating it, I guess, in May now, and they just Halloween name forever. Apparently, yeah. I don't know what that's all about. It's really just about kids getting free candy. The freeloaders get a job, you toddlers. I'm not gonna knock kids for being on their hustle and getting that free candy. <laughs> I mean, look, I would do it if I could. Uh, I've got a Jedi costume and a Mal Reynolds costume, which is ready to go. If I shave, I look like a baby. I could go trick or treating tonight. Well, not tonight. It's that would be weird. It's yeah. like the thirteenth. I don't know what day. It is, but yeah, I could on, on Halloween. I could go trick or treating if I shaved. Will I shave? No, absolutely not. I look like a baby when I shave, and I don't want you that. You look like a baby for a while until the beard grew back, and that's unacceptable. Yeah. Three, three, four days before my beard grew back. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I feel you. I I had to shave not long ago, and I was like, oh no, I'm a high schooler again. <laughs> it's very bad. Uh, so, in the spirit of Bondtober, we're talking about Bond movies again, sort of. Yeah how how about that? Yeah yeah Bond of ephemera Bond movie um, adjacent accoutrement. Yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's our second annual Bondtober episode, sort of, since the last one happened yeah, last in one... like January. Yeah, it was in it was later. <laughs> It was in January or so, but uh, but still, that we, it's a tradition now, so we got to keep doing it forever. Yeah, that and a summer supersode, which yes. someone challenged me that I couldn't possibly do one on Chrono Trigger, and I will prove them wrong. So I've I've never played Chrono Trigger. Well, get yourself right. <laughs> You've got a year. I, I look. They could have put it on the Super Nintendo Classic, which I own now. That's a whole. I'm holding it. That's a whole. Other I'm argument. holding it in my hands, and Matt, I'm not. I'm not playing this because I'm doing this podcast, but I could be playing Yoshi's Island right now. I appreciate your sacrifice, and I will tell you, because the buddy I'm living with right now has one of those downstairs, and it's got (laughs) 
a heap of very good games. And then for some oh, yeah. reason, it's got a Kirby Golf game that is literal garbage from a trash can. See, I heard the Kirby Golf game was pretty good. I was excited to check it out. It's Kirby, but golf. Well, I don't know. Maybe that that might be what I'm into. It's got F Zero, which I'm sure does not play the way it remembers it. My I remember it uh, playing. Uh, it's also got, you know, all the regular ones. But mostly, I'm mostly excited for Yoshi's Island, which is like maybe my favorite Super Nintendo game of all that time. Yoshi's Island taste. I played that a couple nights ago, and it is still just just yeah. the best. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's got Final Fantasy VI on it. You can go play those chocobos. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Jake, We're not gonna happen. Jake just gave me the look that is like, I will walk off this podcast. Um, so I will, I will shut it down right now and throw in the. <laughs> um, so what are we going to be talking about first today? Well, if 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 we're talking about the Bond movies, there's there's one thing. That goes between all the. There's one thing that is consistent in every James Bond movie, and that is James Bond. <laughs> that is that. Let me qualify that. That is that there is a James Bond in every movie. That's true. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about the the Bonds themselves first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna uh, let's uh, let's start at the tip and work our way to the top. All right. So start with Connery. Yep. Then he sure was well, the first one. I have some conflicting feelings on Sean Connery. He definitely was absolutely the first one, and in a lot of ways is still the first one. Um, but I just don't, I don't love it. I like um, probably ninety percent of his movies. Um, I like right up until he has to interact with a woman, and then it's usually a pretty bad movie uh, for a little bit, and then it goes back to being okay. Uh, Goldfinger being the uh, prime example of like, ooh, that's two parts of a good movie separated by one very terrible scene. Listen, I I actually don't know of a single person in my life who, if they have experienced Bond movies, did not experience a Connery movie, and weirdly, it seems to be Goldfinger uh, first. It's kind of the like the first proper Bond movie, you know, because it's the first one that like has all the elements figured out. In, in like the order that it goes in because Dr. No is a um, I, I watched it for the first day of, uh, of Bontober and let me tell you it's a mess it's a, it's a fine movie it doesn't, it's not like confusing or anything it's just like they don't know what a Bond movie is yet and that is apparent and then From Russia With Love is really really good but isn't the formula that they went with um, I would like to live in that world where they they from Russia with love was the formula they went with, but alas, um, so so I guess Goldfinger being most people's first or most prominent Connery Bond movie makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I guess he also again for better or for worse he defined the role. Like everyone to this day is still doing a take on the Sean on the Connery Bond. Yeah, you're you're either doing a take on Connery or or a reaction to Connery or a like inversion of Connery. Like like in a lot of ways, you're you're trying to play against Connery's, but it is a factor in every Bond portrayal. Like no matter what. Yeah, like I don't, I cannot look at any other Bond performance and be like, oh, well, Daniel Craig is clearly doing a riff on Timothy Dalton because that's just not true. I mean, I mean. Okay, the tones are very similar, but I we'll mean, get he, there. he might be. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> you might have accidentally figured something out here because okay. they are very similar in tone. But you look at like if if you look at um Roger Moore, you're oh that's clearly like, a looking, reaction. Yeah, it's definitely like okay, let's do not that. Let's go the other way with um with Bond. If you look at Lazenby, who gets short shrift a lot, um because of his he's not great at acting, but I will say pound for pound, even including Daniel Craig. Lazenby's got some of the best fights. That that guy could throw a punch. Yeah, and I mean, he was a stuntman, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like a he was he was a uh, Australian and uh, a model and stuntman, I think, when they got him. Um, and he only signed on for one movie because uh, he thought that like the counterculture was gonna make him more money, so he kind of went in for that. And uh, uh, oops, oops, <laughs> oops buddy. Oh, uh, you goofed. Um, yeah, Lazenby. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm one of those kind of, like, I look at a quantity as part of a measure of an actor, and... Sure. Also, I just I just don't appreciate all of the, like, self-referential jokes that kind of oh, snuck in there with his. Man, uh, this never happened to the other fellow? That is the... That is just the a poisonous line. That that line is, is just toxins to the franchise, because it, it makes you think... What does that mean, George? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's listen, if you ever try to do, and I know you have, I think we've even talked about this on the previous Bond episode. Yeah, I probably should have listened to that so we don't retread anything. Hey, don't go back and listen to that right away. Like, give it a while. Listen, we'll, we'll, we're not going to talk about those specific movies, so you can go listen to that. Because I'm pretty sure... Unless we talked about Die Another Day, we're probably not going to talk about any of them this go-round. Um, I, I think we talked about Goldeneye mostly. We might have touched on Die Another Day, but guess what? It's coming. Get yeah, ready. We're going to tip that mess Um, with a bat. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, back to Bonds. Um, yeah, Lazenby made some issues if you ever want to try to make a unified theory of Bond. Who oh, it is... Uh... Just a nightmare mess that can't be it can't be tangled. And I and I'll tell you what, George Lazenby is a part of the problem, but it falls apart with Judy Dench. Judy Dench is the nail in the coffin on on any Bond theory you can think of, other than oh, it's a movie. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> uh, I I have been watching quite a bit of Mystery Science Theater this week, and uh, you know, it's just a show. You should really relax. It's you should really just relax. Strong... Yeah. That's a strong sentence that a lot of people need to remember more. I feel like I feel like that should be on every billboard just for like three days. Just like every single billboard, just like, just relax. Like, just chill out for fucking two seconds. Oh, sorry, I swore again. <laughs> That's another so, chocobo. God damn, razzle, frazzle. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get so much mileage out of that clip. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, so uh, we have Connery. We have Lazenby. Who's next? Uh, next is my personal favorite, Roger Moore. I I will I will stand by just about anyone who says that he is, if not the best, number two. I think he's the best. Number one, he had the most movies in the longest tenure. It's true. Um, number two, he he hits that sweet spot of like action and cool guy, but not gross and misogynistic roger moore is one of the coolest human beings that has ever graced to the earth yes uh r.i.p in peace roger moore um, but he like 
there's a scene in Man with the Golden Gun where he like hits Maude Adams, and um, it is the least believable scene in any James Bond movie. There's a there's a Bond movie where a man kills a shark with his mouth, and we'll talk about it because <laughs> I love that. But I will believe that a man can kill a shark with his mouth. Not with the shark's mouth, with his own mouth. You know how sharks kill people by biting them? Well, he did that to the shark. Yeah, um, and won somehow. And won. And that. And then, oh, I love, I love Jaws so much. He's my favorite. Uh, but I believe that more than I believe Roger Moore would hit a woman. Like, like you know, like that. As soon as it, that scene happened, like Roger Moore looks uncomfortable for the rest of the scene, and like has said in interviews that like he hates that scene the most. That is his least favorite scene in all of them, and that's saying something. Yeah, that is definitely like Moonraker exists in his canon of films, and that's uh okay. Um, I know we're not talking about movies in specific, but Moonraker is my favorite, so. <laughs> Moonraker is a lot of fun. It's also just the one where there's like, ah, whatever, we're going they to do, space now. They do a lot of things and end up in space in Moonraker, so I can understand why people don't like it. It is my favorite James Bond movie, though. Is that because is that because Jaws ends up with Honey well, Babe? Mostly in that because one? of Jaws, but also be I just like it a lot. I think it <laughs> I I I think the story moves in a nice way. Okay, so after Roger Moore, who is arguably one of the top two we'll get also, to the he's one. so he's so charming just one last thing on roger moore he's so charming and he does the bare minimum amount of work that he has to to be charming yeah. because if that man did any more it would be too much you'd be too charming it would be a it would be a mess but he does like it's a lot of just like little wiggling of the eyebrows and that's how, where he gets you I would I would not be terribly mad if a Roger Moore type spy like stole a car from me. Be like, I you probably need it. Okay. Yeah. But, ah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not punching me for this. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. So number three is our good friend Timothy Dalton. Old, old Timbo Dalton. Um, Who I I just watched The Living Daylights. Oh, that's a movie. It is a movie, um, and and I've seen it a couple times. I think I've seen it three times now uh, since I got into Bond in 2015. Um, I've watched it, I think, three times, and I thought it was very boring the first two times. And the third time, when I just watched it, like, the other day, I think I watched it Thursday, um, and it was much better on the third watch. I'm also kind of weird in that I really like License to Kill, which is not a, a movie anyone puts at their their tops no but it's a pretty definitive bond movie it really is and pam bouvier is my favorite bond girl and uh and i just like my timeline ends with that movie because i want him and pam to just like go get married and like settle down and have a nice happy life and not worry about anything else okay okay that's fair um timothy dalton he's definitely i think before daniel craig he was the darkest of the Bonds. Oh, for sure. He he is a a brooding man. A uh, lot of it's it's definitely an eighties movie. Like it is that weird eighties dark where you're not like from a two thousand seventeen perspective. You're like, how did they do this? Yeah, like, like it's real dark. Yeah, uh, both both of them. Um, like. License to Kill is, like, equal parts goofy and, like, very dark. Because, like, a guy gets eaten by a shark, but, like, in a scary way, kind of. 
Uh, he doesn't get eaten all the way. It just is like leg is at off. Um, but uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like there's Benicio del Toro as Dario, which is just a hilarious, um, but also very threatening in its own way. Yeah. And and like they they were definitely transitioning out of Roger Moore for part of that. You could tell in that one they were transitioning out a little bit. I think a lot of it is that every Bond is a reaction to the previous Bond. So, like, with the exception of Lazenby, because I don't, I just don't know what the idea was. They, they didn't, they wanted to make more Bond movies. They didn't have Connery, but they didn't know what the idea was yet. And Roger Moore was shooting the Saint because they wanted him as far back as Honor Magic Secret Service. They, I think they wanted him as far back as Doctor No. Oh. Uh, but he was like a he was like a kid then. He has a book out. Uh, Roger Moore does called Bond on Bond, which is like an autobiography as told from his history with Bond. Um, I'm a little bit into it. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, he's he's like new Cubby Broccoli from something. So like as far back as like Doctor No, he was in the running for Bond. But he's like I'm I don't think I'm old enough. Like I want to do some other stuff first. So okay. Um, well, and Lazenby was really just a like a contracting hiccup more than anything because yeah went like rogue for a bit yeah that movie is also really weird it's it's a prequel but they don't tell you that and then there are two movies that are direct sequels to it but those movies are eight years apart Uh, (laughs) because the one right after it i think diamonds are forever is a direct sequel it picks up literally seconds after yeah like, yeah, I, well, literally seconds after, but also maybe years after. Who knows? It's really hard to pin down. <laughs> but also, For Your Eyes Only is a direct sequel to it. And that came out in, like, 1983, I think? Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows what's going on there? It's just murky waters everywhere. Uh, so, yeah. after after Dalton, who had a very short run, which is... Like, surprising. I always, I'll, before I did, before I listened to the James Bonding podcast, I always pictured him as having a much longer run, and I just never bothered to actually, like, name out the movies, but it's two. Yeah, it's just a two. Uh, what it is, is uh, they hit a contract dispute. I think we might have talked about it a little bit last time, is there was a contract um, thing. Ralph McQuarrie owned the rights to Thunderball and everything in Thunderball that included James Bond, Q, um, MI6, M, all the stuff that's Bond, but also Spectre. Most of, like, proper Spectre and Blofeld, which is why he disappeared for a while. And then when he comes back, they don't talk about him. And then 30-some-odd, uh, well, I guess, yeah. A, it was a when under, Spectre came out. <laughs> yeah, a little under 30 years later, they finally settled it, and, and there was Spectre. Um, but... Uh, the third movie was originally going to be um, James Bond facilitating the British Empire handing the keys to China back to key- back to China, basically, because that's what was happening at the time. Is they were they were pulling out of China and they were going to make that a Bond movie, <laughs> which I don't think gets addressed until um, Die Another Day. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh... We'll, go, we'll get there. Speaking of, succeeding Timothy Dalton after a bit of a hiatus was our boy Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Pierce. I love three-fourths of Pierce. I, well, okay, I love I love unabashedly one of them. Gold and then nine. two and then two I'm pretty okay with. Um, yeah. Turn Over Dies and World is Not Enough. They they get 
here's the problem with the Brosnan movies. They get progressively worse. Um, yeah, Tomorrow that's a Nights steep is, dive. Yeah, is pretty is pretty good. Um, about halfway through World Enough, World is Not Enough, it becomes a straight up cartoon, and then Die Another Day is just a just. I don't have a, I don't have any words for what it is that wouldn't get turned into chocobo noises, so I'm <laughs> avoiding them. Imagine a dumpster that is full of full of poop that is on fire. And then someone decides that the best thing that they can do for it is to throw you in there just to swim around a bit. But also, this this poop fire dumpster is inside your home. Like, it's yeah. just in the worst place it could be, too. Like, it's just also in your living room and you don't know what to do about it and you trip and fall into this flaming poop dumpster. And there's an intake for your air conditioner, so it's just spreading the smell everywhere. Yeah, and it's, there's glass and it's, it's just a whole situation. It's just the dirt worst. And well, again, we'll talk about it later because one of our draws will will bring it up. But yeah. like, I really like Pierce Brosnan, three quarters of Pierce Brosnan as Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Goldeneye James Bond might be the best Bond. He's very good Bond. Um, so like, th- he's got that going for him. He's very charming. He's the right. He's like very handsome. He's like the the right balance of like funny and serious and it works a lot and then die another day he just gives up and it's a it's just a bad time for everyone yeah listen there's i i legitimately think that the the bond movies have a problem where they leave too much space in between movies daniel craig so far has been the one who has been the most like consistent in appearance throughout yeah daniel craig might be a vampire we're not sure yet, but he yeah. looks the same in all of his movies, and there's about ten years between them, so he's yeah. pretty. Is he's he's actually take he's he's about to overtake Roger Moore's longest tenure. He's like pretty close to it, but he's only made four movies, and each of those movies are really far apart. Um, there was four years between Quantum and Skyfall, and then there was three years between Skyfall and Spectre. Yeah, like. It's a it's a big gap between it's his been a while with him between, still being Bond. It's been a while between Spectre and whatever's coming next that they've been kind of just talking about. Yeah, it's almost been two years already, and it's not coming out until 2019, I think. <sighs> okay. So. so, Brosnan, yeah, he's very, very good when the movie around him is very good. Yes, uh, he he is definitely a a part of his movies more than anybody else's like like he definitely reflects the movie a lot more than anyone else does yeah his his quality as bond is directly tied to the quality of movie so when world is not enough turns into a cartoon he's just like all right whatever he's like all right let's do this whatever uh tomorrow never dies pretty consistent throughout golden night totally amazing die another day just gave up like the movie did. Yeah, I mean, listen, he is consistent throughout that movie as well because true, that yes. movie does not change from being garbage in a fire. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we got the man of the hour, Daniel Craig. My uh, pick for best Bond. Ooh, really? Yes. I can I can see that. I, I disagree, obviously. Uh, Roger Moore is my favorite and I think the best, um, but I... I love Daniel Craig, but I feel like I wish that he wasn't James Bond. He was 
another spy, you know, okay. in a different set of spy movies that wasn't James Bond. Because his movies don't feel like Bond movies to me. See, for me, they feel like exactly Bond movies. From really? They're... They're not our Bond movies. They're the Bond movies that are in the same universe where Kill Bill is a movie in that universe. Yeah, and I don't like that. I I, I think they're very good movies, but they just, like, they're too action-y and not spy-y enough. That's true. He is not a very good spy, even though not he does... Not really. He does some good spy stuff in Skyfall. Yes. And that's kind of it like he does like a tiny bit of spy stuff in casino and then specter i think he's just an idiot the whole time he's just he's just on a vengeance kick most of that and then in love for some reason and then in love and then he gets his brain drilled into but he's fine well okay fine we don't know how fun he actually is he stumbled out of that chair and then was James ass bond again, like immediately. Like there's no repercussions from dr- getting a dentist drill into a knock knock. <laughs> and I don't understand why. And then also, well, I'll save it. But <laughs> Spectre is really fun to watch because it's like watching a very like a mystery science theater movie where you just like, what is happening? How yeah. did any of this get made? Spectre probably shouldn't have happened, but man, it did, and I feel better for it. I feel like they were three quarters of the way through James Bond 24, and they got the rights back to Spectre, and they're like, guys, drop call, call the script, doctors. We got plans now. Oh, this is like, there's a really good plot in there that's very, like, James Bond versus his secret long-lost brother. And then they're like, oh, guys, guys, we won. We're going to slap a coat of Spectre on top of this. Yeah, what if we paint this all Spectre-like? And it's like, well, okay. And put an octopus you... in the intro theme and never but... use that again. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be super awesome. But also, like, he'll spend all year making the hollowed-out ruins of MI6 a Halloween Horror Nights just for Bond. It's like, why? Why and how? What's yeah. going on? Listen, he hasn't been that annoying, honestly. You still... Pretty much almost succeeded. And if you'd kept your mouth shut, you would have made it. Yeah, it's... (laughs) Listen, we'll get there. We're going to talk about some villain plots, and that'll probably come up. Um, Yes. So that's uh, that's Pierce Brosnan. I think the only other thing is, like, there was a fake attempt at Bond in the original Casino Royale. Uh, Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Um, I, I... I'm going to be watching it at some point, but I haven't seen it yet. I, I like the idea that James Bond is a code name and that they it passes, and that's where that kind of started, I think. But um, yeah, but that movie's also definitely a comedy, so yeah, which which you know I would like to see, but then also like there's Austin Powers, so I don't know how much of the well's been poisoned. <laughs> and and listen, Kingsman is a very good Bond movie, the first one. Uh, the first that is one, also yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. This like I really really like Kingsman: The Secret Service. I have strong feelings about Golden Circle that I are not yeah. all positive. Some it's, are positive. It's got a Bond villain though in that second one. That is a Bond villain. It is. It is. But it, the the plot just didn't seem as worth it as the first one. I do like that the Kingsman plots are all like. The world will go to hell if you don't stop it. Like, it's there's no like they're turning 
steroids into gasoline or whatever License to Kill's plot was. But, like, <laughs> it's, it's just, like, straight up, like, all the people will die if you don't yeah. do what – if you don't solve the problem. And it's like, well, okay, that's good stakes at least. And there's real good fight scenes, but then there's, like – And Vox is like, I want to steal all the world's gold. Yeah. That happened once. Um Yep. Or the billionaire who just wanted Silicon Valley to be a thing. Well, no, he wanted to destroy Silicon Valley, but he didn't. His that plan was also very bad. <laughs> We're going to talk about that one for yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's our bonds. Was, those are our those are our bonds. Hey, Matt, we're half an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is typical. Uh, we're just going to have to speed through some of these next things. Sure, 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 sure. Because the next one is the one that I feel like could take the longest, but in reality, we're really only talking about one person. Let's be fair here. Let's 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 be real. We're, We're going to talk, talk about, about the baddies and villains. And yes. first up, there are a bunch of them. They happen a lot. They're usually pretty distinct. One of them is Blofeld. One uh, of them is Blofeld, except Blofeld is five different people, and one of them is straight up not Blofeld even a tiny bit at all. And um, one of them is James Bond's secret brother. One of them is a secret brother, which is a weird way to go. That seems like a joke that someone wrote into the outline that just made it to the movie. Yeah, that's that's from the Lost script that is in the same room that the uh, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy plot happens in. Yeah, but like, that's Austin Powers? Like, that's literally Austin Powers? <laughs> yeah, no, that is. Oh that gosh, is. that is. Spectre is just serious Austin Powers. I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> Why? But uh, Simpsons did it first. Uh, oh, oh, jeez! I never put that together, and that just wrecked my day. Oh um, man, that's so weird. Crap! Oh, I'm gonna watch Spectre again now. Oh no, it's gonna be worse. Um, so Ugh. a lot of villains happen. Uh, listen, if we're gonna if we're gonna, Blofeld is important for obvious plot reasons. Blofeld is important, but sucks. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> uh, Baron, the Baron Samedi from... Bar- Baron Samedi yeah. is a supernatural, might be the actual Loa, Baron Samedi. Who is a henchman. Who is just a henchman. But but see, hey, that's the thing. Like, he's, he's a really trickster. Good. Yeah. He's he, like, oh, he's just, he's just playing the henchman, but like, that's just because that's what he's doing right now. He definitely is the one that has come back from the dead, so... Yeah, he fell into a, a coffin of poison snakes and then is fine later, and we never see him again, and my kingdom to tie up that plot thread. I want him to be back in a Daniel Craig movie. I want Daniel Craig to have to fight supernatural stuff. I wanted that so bad for that movie. That I uh, I talked about this uh, recently on a thing that I will mention at the end, um, but uh, I, my, I just wish... James, the James Bond series was like 10% more supernatural. A little bit, like, yeah. Just a tiny bit. Because, like, outside of Live and Let Die, there's not a lot of it. In Live and Let Die, there's a lot of magic. And it's very it's, good. It works. It, it is. And it totally works in the scope, and you believe all of it. But there is some straight-up magic in Live and Let Die, and I wish that was in more. Yes. Uh, Live and Let Die. Go see that movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, it's a good one. So he's, he's probably a... my favorite villain, straight up, is the Baron. He's uh, he, fantastic. He's he's very good. Um, I 
My favorite villain is Jaws. Like, all right, guys, let's just let's let's put the tiger on the table here. My favorite villain is Jaws, but also, is he really a villain? Because he turns into James Bond's friend at the end of Moonraker. Um, so maybe he doesn't count anymore. After he somehow falls from space and survives, he well, no, he that's he was a good guy before then. Uh, okay. So let's just talk about his achievements in just Moonraker. So he first thing he does is falls out of a plane and lands on the ground and is alive. I mean, he lands on a big top circus tent, but like he would cut through that and then die, but he didn't because he's Jaws. Yeah. Uh, then he falls from a cable car and yep. is fine. And then. At, wait, 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 hold on. He falls from the cable car and is fine after he cuts the wire with his teeth. Well, he bites through it, yes, he, uh, to drop it because he's he again he's very good. I love Jaws. <laughs> he's got the metal chompers that just really help. And then he falls in love immediately after falling out of that cable car and defying death. He sees he sees a, a a pretty young lady whose name is Dolly, but I didn't know that until pretty recently. So I called her Honey Babe because. I just did – me and my roommate just could not find her name, so we just called her Honey Babe. And they fall in love. They go on to Drax's spaceship that they're going to poison all the humans on the planet, and they'll all die. And then only the super pretty people up in space with Drax will they'll go back down to repopulate. And Jaws realizes that he is not one of these supermodel people, and neither is Dolly. And so he turns face, and he, he, he helps James Bond. And he crashes to Earth from an orbital space station and is totally fine. Because he's the greatest. I love Jaws so much. Jaws is very good. There's also a moment in, um, oh, what's the one before Moonraker? It's not for your eyes only. It is Spy You Loved Me. Uh, where he <laughs> he's fighting James Bond and there's a uh, and the, the Russian spy, uh, Agent Triple X. And they are, like, trying to get away. And so he like is throwing giant bricks at them like huge ones and he drops it but he drops it too close to his feet and he gets scared and it's really cute like he's <laughs> like oh like this big scary dude is like oops i dropped that close oh no oh no i'm fine oh <laughs> <laughs> close one uh yeah jaws is um how many movies does it show up in just the two just the two okay Man. he's always in my heart though yeah he seems like a much again like timothy dalton he seems like a much bigger presence in the series writ large but Dang. Well, it's because he's he's the best. I mean, he's just, he's just the best one. A lot of people will say Odd Job is the best, and I can sort of see where you're coming from. But like, also, are you sure you're not just thinking about GoldenEye, the video game, and how Odd Job was the best to play? I'm pretty sure most of our generation uh, believes everything that GoldenEye, the video game, presented to us as gospel truth. Yes, which we'll get into in our next section heavily. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yes, I think I think a lot of odd job love comes from that game where you were tiny and if you crouched like a little cheater, you would not ever die. You were basically invincible and your hat was a one hit KO and it came back to you after a little while if you didn't go pick it up. Yes, it was um, impossible. But I do like odd job. He's very strong. He does have a very he has he's got Kung Lao's hat uh, way before Kung Lao had it. Yep. So uh, that's pretty cool. He's like. He doesn't say anything. He, he might talk a little bit, but he doesn't really talk because he doesn't need to because he's a big, strong... Uh, I think I, I think he's... He's either Korean or Samoan. I can't remember which they called him. I don't remember. I don't remember, but they described him as, like, a strong Korean or Samoan man. I think it was... I think it was Korean. I think Samoan was somebody else later. Yeah, but, I think so. 
but like he's just this like very tough dude who also has a magic hat. It's not magic, but it it, it can cut a statue's head off. So like that's kind of magic. Yeah, it's very good, and it oh he's he is a he is I think I think he is the the baseline default model of one off henchmen like proper oh, yeah. henchmen. Absolutely. Like, like, like we said earlier, Goldfinger was like a lot of groundwork was laid in, in Goldfinger and a, a, not a small part of that was also like the henchman has to be very cool. Cause and before distinct. Then, yeah, and very distinct because before then the henchmen were in the first movie, uh, Professor Dent, who no one remembers. Like he was he was a guy who was a geologist who was bad at. Every, he was a professor like he yeah. you know like he was he was just like worked for dr no he wasn't necessarily a henchman and then in from russia with love it was red grant who was also kind of the villain of that movie it's hard to explain it's a debate that's still going on um yeah. but yeah. but like it was that was a totally different thing that was more of like the henchman is the dragon rather than like the henchman is like my muscle so you get to on job and like that's kind of how the henchmen are from then on and listen, when we finally get around to Spectre and Batista shows up with, like, bits of Jaws, Jaws as fingernails. Yeah, he's he's thumb Jaws. <laughs> he is, I think, I think that character is now the platonic ideal of the henchman as established by Oddjob. Yeah, absolutely. That is that is the promise that Oddjob presented, is, yeah. is Mr. Hanks. Oh, very good. Um, so, listen, we definitely decided to talk about baddies, just so you could talk about Jaws. Yeah, he's so good. He killed a shark with his mouth. Uh, he is. He has a very good character. He so, bit a shark to death. Well, it was so good. Listen, he has that name for a reason. It's not yeah, just the man. metal chompers. Um, I, I, when we're off air, I'll tell you about my pitch for James Bond Jr. The comic book. Oh, oh yes, I've heard this and I love it. Um, and I want to hear more about it. We're going to move on to our third draw, which is gadgets. Yeah, this one is a going to be a short one because while gadgets are a hallmark of the James Bond series. There's not as many as you think. There are about 12. There's like, there's like, well, there are 80. Like, over the course of the entire, of all 24 movies, there are 80 gadgets. That is, that includes things like in From Russia With Love, that briefcase that had like a smoke bomb in it. Yeah. And in, um, uh, License, not License to Kill, for your, what's Dalton's first one? I just said, Living Daylights. In Living Daylights, there's, like, a rake that can detect guns. Oh, yeah. That's a good rake. That's that's a gadget. You know, like, so they don't really count. This also um, includes Bond's really dumb surfboard from Die Another Day. Yeah, his, his look, I, I that's my favorite part of the movie, it's which the, says a lot about <laughs> the movie, I think. It's the only part of the movie that is very Bond. At yeah. All. It also reminds me of this 1990s concept car called the Pontiac Stinger. Um... Go look up, go YouTube Pontiac Stinger. It's amazing, and I would pay top dollar to get me one of these concept cars. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about briefly just, like, a favorite gadget, and then a favorite gadget that we were promised was actually a real gadget from GoldenEye the video game that actually <laughs> isn't. My favorite gadget is probably the Sawblade watch. Okay. I think that's, that is the, like, the the er example of what a gadget in James Bond could be. Um, there's also like the, 
the pen bomb, which is spoken about a lot and like y- used a lot. The pin grenade is definitely my go-to. Like that's a good gadget. Yeah, um, I really like the watch that's a that's that's got a saw blade in it because it can't work, but it's also very spy-y. Um There's also the um, from Moonraker. He's got the uh, the one that has the the two darts in it. Yeah. It's just got two darts. One is like regular, one's knockout, and he only uses it twice because he only has the two, two shots. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's neat, but very reverse engineered. Uh, in Goldeneye, we also get the strict upgrade on the Sawblade watch with the laser watch. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember playing with that in in the game Goldeneye. I don't remember what it does in the movie. In the movie, he uses it to cut something open, like a arc welder. Just once, though, right? Like, yeah, just before the he drives a tank through a building. Oh, right. That Well, that's probably why. Because as soon as we get to the tank chase, I am all about that tank chase. That tank chase is perfect. Um, it is. So, so listen, there are not that many gadgets. There are some cool ones. But then there are the ones that we were promised were real gadgets in the game. And that are definitely not like the freaking Moonraker, Moonraker laser. The Moonraker laser is in Moonraker, but it's only in the Q branch scene where he's getting his watch that has two darts. <laughs> oh, here's this amazing sci-fi Star Wars weapon that we're using to shoot at this metal plate. Here's your I, dumb watch. Well, I guess to be fair, they use them in the army fight at the end of the movie. Because you know how the armies fight in space in Moonraker? <laughs> That's a very dumb scene. <laughs> It is, but also Jaws decouples a space station with his mouth, so, like, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, there, oh. And what was it? There was a briefcase with a with a machine gun in it? Um, yes, I don't remember what movie that's in. Uh, was that also Moonraker? Did everything come from Moonraker that it wasn't no, I... actually a thing? <laughs> I don't think that was Moonraker. Uh, I, I don't remember. I guess the takeaway here is sometimes Bond has a fancy watch and he sometimes has a fancy car and he sometimes has a gun that is different. Yeah, it's always a Walter PPK, but sometimes it's got like a biometric grip, which is like the weirdest part of Skyfall, I think. Yeah, but good. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it it were it had it was a good gag led to a Komodo dragon eating a dude, so like I'm okay with it. Yeah, it it led to a very good bond moment. Um Yeah. So let's plow right on ahead and we're gonna talk about the movie plots. Okay. So here's the thing about James Bond movies that you need to know. If you're gonna get into James Bond and you're gonna get into two things you need to know about James Bond movies. Number one, James Bond is not always a good role model. He's maybe not like a guy you wanna look up to and live your life like. I think almost never. Pretty much never, except for maybe Roger Moore. But that's Roger Moore the person, not necessarily James Bond. That's true. That, that a lot of it is coloring that. But also, the second thing you need to know about James Bond the movies is that, that sometimes they don't make any sense. Sometimes you just need to be there for the action and the fun and the spy and the intrigue, but you don't think about the plot and what's happening. That's actually most of the back half of Roger Moore movies. That's super duper a lot of Roger Moore movies, and also, like, some of the Conneries are kind of like that. Like, Dr. No is a lot like that, where it's like, what's going on? What is the bad guy doing? World is not enough. 
when it turns into a cartoon, you're like, all right, I'm just going to yeah, teacouple yeah, sure. my it's, brain. Yeah, whatever. Like, let's just do this. Okay, there's a, there's a torture chair with a key. Yeah, whatever. Cool, I'm in. Whatever. Uh, Hagrid's there, and I guess that's fun. And yeah, then, like, there, Jamie? a lot of Craig's movies are, like, 50% confusing plot and 50% pretty good. Yeah, Casino um, you know, Royale started out really down to earth, and then Quantum of Solace just blew that up. Immediately. Quantum of Solace was trying real hard to be Goldfinger, but also trying real hard to be License to Kill. And really all so, it ended up I don't think was you can... the back third of Casino Royale. Yeah, it, if you watch them back to back, it it works really well. But if you just watch Quantum of Solace by itself, it's like, Alright, I I get that there's like this oil plot that's like secretly not an oil plot and like I understand that. Why <laughs> what else is going on? Yeah. And then Skyfall feels like they wrote a really good movie and then at the last minute they were like, get rid of some of this stuff. And they got rid of some of that stuff and they're like, Oh, uh put something else there, whatever. And they put some other stuff there and you're like that's not as cool as the stuff that I know you had before. Yeah, they they got to this point where they're like, oh, oh crap, this is going to be an anniversary year. Yeah. We have to do that, something about that. So we're bringing back the admittedly very awesome car. But the very cool car, the 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 Classic. Like leather pillow door in M's office that I very much love. Yeah, like Classic uh, M is coming back and the office is coming back. And we're gonna get money penny finally, and yeah, and it's like, like like it really works as an anniversary, but also there was one thing they could have done to make it like a sweet ass movie, and instead they just went to Scotland in the in like the middle of a quarry. Like, uh, look, if they had gone to that same place and it was just filled with the other bonds, it would have been perfect and wonderful. That's all I would want. All the other bonds. Cause like, and maybe you don't get Lazenby. Cause I don't know if Lazenby would do it. But like, like if you if you just paid out the money for Connery, you could get the other three no problem. Roger Moore would do it probably no matter what. Brosnan would jump at the chance. Brosnan Dal- would pay to be in that movie. Dalton would balk at it and then probably just do it if you paid him the right amount. Uh, Dal- Dalton would be kind of weird about it, but then like remember how much fun he had doing Bond and be like, yeah, let's do it. Well, like, so let's- I get to go do Bond again and probably just die heroically? I'm in. Yeah. Would have been sweet. Would have been um, a much better ending fight scene. <laughs> And you can get Roger Moore, and then I would have also liked it if they would have gotten an old money penny back. I think Lois Maxwell had passed by that point. Well, no, it was 2012. I think she passed in 2014. So, or no. Maybe that was somebody else. I think she had passed by that point. But if you get, like, another, like a couple of the old money pennies, like Samantha Bond and the one from uh, License to Kill as, like, nurses and caretakers and stuff, like, that would be so cool. And if the um, actress but, who played Sam Bouvier walked in and, like, just... Oh, like, I would love it! I would lose my mind! <laughs> yeah. That's my movie. Hey, guys, can I do... Can I just make Skyfall real quick? I have some notes that I think will really work. Number uh, one, 100% more Pam Bouvier. That's just true of every movie for you, though, right? Yes. Well, she's my favorite. I don't know. She's very good. Uh, yeah, that is that is a very good movie all around. Um, so, yeah, Skyfall... I think Skyfall is still in the running. We talked about this last time we talked about Bond. Skyfall is still in the running for my favorite Bond movie. 
I think ever, but that doesn't mean that I don't address don't agree that it has some issues. Yeah, it's it's just it's just like kind of weird. It's not bad, but it's just like there's there's just a part where like the movie changes and I and I know it was better before they changed it. And I even if it wasn't just all old spy stuff, which it was. It had to have been. It like it absolutely had to have been at some point. But yeah, there's, alas, you can tell that it was meant to be more than what it turned out to be. Yeah, because if James Bond is a code name, then like Skyfall is the retirement package. Sky Skyfall is the would have been the best. Like yeah, the the place Skyfall is the retirement package because you can't just let them like go out in the world, you know. I mean, you can, but until they're like very old, then you gotta, you know, you bring them to Skyfall and like just like live out your life in this nice, pretty countryside. But also, like, that's a pretty cool way to make an anniversary movie, guys. Listen, oh, uh, there's not a lot that I'll ever say about the Power Rangers Legendary War, but hey, listen, a whole bunch of old Rangers showed up and did the thing. Yeah, they did the thing. Yeah. They just—they were there, and they were doing it, and like that was cool. And there could have been like, like twenty-five more, but uh, you know, that's a different podcast. That is, it's called the Morphin Grid. You can go listen to it. And yeah. in about eight years, they'll get there. Oh, someday. <laughs> well, I think like six. Okay. I, th- I think like six and a half will get there. Okay. Especially if you do uh, all of Lightspeed Rescue as fifteen-minute episodes, five days I don't, a week. I don't know if we'll be able to do. I mean, we'll see how the first week of Lightspeed Rescue goes. <laughs> But definitely uh, once we get to Megaforce, oh yeah, 15-minute episodes, five days a week, we're going to burn through that sucker. Let's burn it all down. Uh, let's, okay, uh, if you want to hear more about movie, the plots of these specific movies, uh, you can go listen to our previous Bond episode. Uh, Jake will talk about something at the end, and I think we'll both still agree, go listen to the James Bonding podcast. Oh yeah, James Bonding is back. You can't listen to the. You might still be able to listen to the old episodes. They might still be downloadable, but they will go up behind the Stitcher Premium paywall soon. So if you if they haven't yet, absolutely go check them out. Um, the Goldfinger and the Casino Royale episodes are the perfect two parters. I highly recommend them. Uh, also, anytime Paul F. Tompkins is on is super super great. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I the the new ones have been very very good. I I very much enjoy am enjoying the new season of James Bonding. Okay, uh, so we're going to move on to our last thing, and this is going to be a fun little button on this episode. Yeah. Jake, what are the worst movies? Oh, well, first of all, Matt, Die Another Day is the dirt-ass worst, and I hate it because it's so dumb and stupid and I, it's so bad. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you listener, have been able to tell. Uh, we have feelings about Die Another Day, and they usually is... bar- involve fire and garbage. It's just so dumb and bad. Like, like top to bottom, everything except Judy Dench is so dumb and bad in that movie. Like, there's, like, Halle Berry is the worst Bond girl. And I know last time I said this, Portia got on me about it because she's like, oh, Christmas Jones is worse. No, Christmas Jones is not worse. She's also bad. Like, she's not good or, like, fun or cool. But, like... Halle Berry's the worst. She doesn't speak like a human in that movie. No, she, she speaks, speaks like she, an over-the-top comedic Bond sidekick. She speaks like an exposition machine trying to get its own movie because that's what she was. That's it. And it sucks and is bad. The The other good part was about three-quarters of Rosamund Pike's character until she, spoilers, turns bad and just becomes, like, dumb... 
like just super stupid. This is a problem with Bond movies that we didn't address earlier is that uh, a female character can have character right up until she has sex with Bond. She, when she falls in love or has sex with Bond, and Rosamund Pike didn't. She turned evil, so it was, like, similar. But once they do that, they become some form of pathetic independent on Bond. It's called the Solitaire Coefficient, because uh, in Live and Let Die, Solitaire was, like, literally magic, and then became the most pathetic thing ever. And it's just so dumb and bad. It hinges on the point where Roger Moore lies to her face. And tricks her. her. Yeah. Has a has a custom deck of tarot cards made just so he can have sex with her. It's pretty bad, you guys. It's that is a fun movie, but that is a bad moment in the series. That's a a pretty bad part. And because like here's the trick with that movie, and that's not even one of the bad movies. I just want to. This is like maybe one of the worst parts, and certainly a low point in Roger Moore's career is that. Her magic is entirely like she can see the future, like for real. Like her tarot magic is real. Yeah. In the movie, right up until the point where she has sex with James Bond, because it's all in her virginity. And once he takes that, it's gone. So he just took her magic powers, which also fun story, consigns her to death because she's no longer useful to Kananga, and she's just like, "Oh, James, what are we gonna do?" Huh? It's so dumb and bad. It really is. It's upsettingly bad it's so bad the rest of the movie is very good but there's this like one little pocket that you're like why did you do this yeah it's um oh okay so listen that's a very fun movie with a very upsetting moment and that has given us a good language to talk about other bad moments. Yes. But we're talking about the worst movie, and we can yes. both agree, and I think everyone who's ever watched Bond movies will firmly agree, Die Another Day is the very bottom of a very big heap of garbage. It's super duper bad. And and the, back to like the solitaire coefficient thing, Rosamund Pike reveals that she's evil. Spoilers. And when she does that, number one, they're like, now we gotta sex her up. Whereas before, oh, so bad. She was like, she was like very well dressed, and then like as soon as she's evil, she's wearing this like X Men, like corset, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, hey, not very protective for a sword fighter, for an accomplished fencer, maybe protect your guts. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, another day is just. Very, it's very, 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 very garbage, and I own it on iTunes, and I'm a little mad about that. I have it. I got forever. it as I got it as part of the set. I so I did at least I didn't buy it specifically. I I had to deliberately go and search it out and purchase that with real, actual, factual money. Oh boy, it was woofa doofa. I don't. Listen, I, I feel bad about it, but it's also going to it's let me talk about some pod, things on podcasts, and it'll do so in the future as well. Um, yeah. So, what are some of our other worst Bond movies? Um, for me, I really dislike Thunderball. Uh, it's so boring. It's not particularly bad. It's just so boring. It is so slow and so tedious. And there's a point where I swear to God you can take a 30-minute nap and not miss anything because they're just dragging a net over a plane underwater for 30 straight minutes. It's so bad. 
it is very, very bad. That is not a good movie. Is that now? Is that the original one or is that the copied one? That's the original one. Never Say Never Again is basically Thunderball if it had some pretty good pacing. Thunder, Never Say Never Again is pretty good. There's some weird stuff. Q is very weird. The Q they got in that movie is, mm, how can I put this delicately, a pervert? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's not It's not Llewellyn. Desmond no, it's, it's uh, I don't even know who it is, but like he, his shop is in like a like a like an auto mechanic garage, and like yeah, it's it's really weird. And he's literally like, "Hey Bond, you gonna have sex with ladies?" And Bond's like, "I'm James Bond, so there's a good chance." He's like, "Yeah, tell me all about it. I want to know all about the sex you have with ladies." It's like, cue back up. You're being uh-huh. too weird. You're not <laughs> even supposed to like Bond, except kind of like professionally. Yeah, like I my favorite. Is when Q hates Bond but begrudgingly helps him. Yeah. This Q wants to know his dirty business. <laughs> it's not okay for anyone, no. It's really. It's pretty bad, I would say. It's not okay for Bond to know his own dirty business. It's so bad. Um. Oh man, bad movies. I. There's there's some I'm, bangers in there. I mean, we could talk about Spectre a little bit if you want to talk about that some more. I don't listen. My world got rocked on that one, and I don't know if it's. <laughs> I enjoy that movie. I don't know I, if that means it's good, but I enjoy that movie. Oh no, I don't. I don't think the two have to be mutually exclusive. I think. I, I think you can enjoy this not good Bond movie for what it is. There's a lot of really good stuff in it. Um, the opening scene, if I, Oh, okay. And this is my same problem with everyone nutting over that daredevil fight. Like, Oh, it's all, oh, it's one shot. No, it's not. It's like seven shots. And you can tell it's seven shots. Cause every time it like a guy goes into a hallway and like, well, no, the hallway fight in the first season is actually one shot. The one in the second season is like 18 shots that they cut every time they look at his back. Yeah. Um, but the the opening shot the, the opening scene in um in in Spectre is m- like four minutes of a one shot except it's not it's very clear delineated shots that they have connected together to make it look like one but is not <laughs> and uh and I I I like that but if you're gonna do it just do the damn thing you know yeah. like. Like, just figure out how to do this one big, long shot without doing all these cheats. If you have to do one cheat because you physically can't make something happen because it's the movie Serenity and the decks are on two different stages, like, that I get. But this is James Bond in a in a scene made around this shot. So, like, maybe just figure out how to do it honest. <laughs> I... As, like, like I said, I don't know how I feel about Spectre right now. Like, I've only seen it a few times. I feel like it's uh, very serious Austin Powers. <laughs> That's going to hurt me next time I go see it. But uh, I think if we're going to talk about a Daniel Craig movie that is at the bottom of the pile, we're going to talk about Quantum of Solace again. If we let it stand on its own. Yeah. yeah well, yes and no. I think it's, I think it's actually very underrated. Uh, when's the last time you watched it? It's been a bit. I think, I think it was it, before Spectre came out. I think you should check it out again because I, I like by itself is a little bit trickier, but like right after Casino Royale, it's it makes a lot of sense and it 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 works really well. I it is the third act of Casino Royale, pretty much, yeah. Which all Casino Royale, my big problem with Casino Royale is that it was way too long, <laughs> but um, you know. And then you then then you say like, oh, another two hour movie is the third act on it. It's like, well, that seems very long, but it actually kind of works uh, but like the the plot makes sense for the most part there's like this twist 
in it that you're like, okay, I can see that. I wish you would have maybe done a little more work setting it up, you know, instead of making it like a from nowhere reveal. Yeah, it didn't need to be like that. It could have been what the plot really was the whole time. Yeah, uh, which would have, I think, made a lot more sense and you could have gotten a lot more James Bond spy stuff out of it instead of it being, you know, Jason Bourne. Yeah. You know? It's it's James Bond with emotional issues, which is never a good James Bond to watch. No, it's never great. I don't like broody sad Bond like a ton, and that's all Craig really is. And like it, it he's very handsome, and I get that. But he like, lightens up a little bit in in Skyfall, in Skyfall, and in Spectre, he, he like with um I don't remember her name, Leia Sadu's character. Um, they <laughs> yeah, that one lady, her. Yeah, I can remember her real name, which is Leia Sadu, spelled. Not how you're thinking, unless you know how to spell it. Uh, but I can't remember the character's name. Uh, but, like, and he lightens up a lot with her, and, like, he comes around, and the end is, like, this nice bookend on it. But, like, I, th- I back to Quantum, I like a lot of the pieces. I just think there's there's one or two things that are that's just dumb, but I don't think it's any worse than, like, kind of any other Craig movie, to be completely honest. Yeah, I, it's... It's nowhere, if I watch it nowadays, like, the last time I watched it, I watched it as the double feature with Casino Royale, and I was like, ah, that's fine together. Yeah, it it definitely helps a lot for some weird reason, even though, like, after the first scene and the end, that's it. Like, there's not a lot of... Yeah, it's bookended with Casino Royale, and in the middle is this whole other movie that does its own thing. Yeah. Um, So, what are... Now, I know we both like Roger Moore... What's, what's uh-huh. his bad one? I mean, it's everyone says view to a kill, right? Like, and to be fair, it's a pretty bad one. <laughs> it's not, but it's not great. No, it's not great. But it's crazy, and I think that gets it a lot of points for me. Um, I I think probably. Octopussy might be his worst, just because I I can't tell you a lot about it other than a guy lives in a le- in a dungeon of doom, not dungeon of doom, that's a wrestling stable, Legion of Doom from the Super Friends cartoon. Like oh, he that, lives that in, big dome, yeah, yeah. Like a guy lives in that underwater and he has webbed fingers because he wants to be a fish. Like I think that might be the worst one, but again, I haven't watched that in like a year and a half, two years, so. That's also got the worst title, I think, of any Bond it, movie. It does have a very bad title. Because here's the thing. Bond titles are usually one of two things. They are the plot or the bad guy. Like, it's usually, you know, one of those two things. Um, sometimes it's like a play on, word, like, you know, For Your Eyes Only, Spy Loved Me. It's just like kind of spy James yeah. Bond thing. World is not enough. Like, that's like James the, the Bond family motto, uh, which is very cool. I, I think that really works. Then you have Octopussy, which is named after the Bond girl, kind of. And listen, she's not even the most memorable memorable Bond girl besides her name, sort of. Yeah, it was played by Maud Adams, who was in a Roger Moore movie already. She was in Man with a Golden Gun. Yeah. So, like, they just were like, yeah, we'll use you for a different character and no one will notice. Well, we noticed. <laughs> And listen, there are better Bond girls that could have had a movie named after them. Like, I know, almost any of them? 
Yeah, I, I mean, any of the villainous ones for sure. For sure, Mayday. Like, like, boy, do I want a Mayday movie? Like, I want Air. That movie would be the best. What if Mayday teamed up with Xena uh, on a top? And just... Mayday. Well, well, because Mayday does a face turn at the end. Okay. If you if you recall. Oh, so Mayday, she and, and Jaws form like a muscle private security agency. Yeah. Yeah, Mayday and Jaws are a super team, an invincible super team. And uh, and Honey Babe is there is their M slash Money Penny is their secretary. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. She also I feel, <laughs> I feel like she would bake them a lot of cookies too. Well, I mean, yeah, they're based think, out of her and Jaws's house. Of course, yeah. she would. Yeah, with kid Jaws running around. Oh boy, um. So. We can't really talk about Lazenby because he only had the one. Yeah, and I don't want to say that's a worst one because like a lot of it is really important to the Bond franchise for a lot of weird reasons. No, it's actually a very good plot. Like the story yeah. there is very good. Yeah, it, it 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 the only real bad part is uh, Lazenby not a wonderful actor. Like that's the weak part of it. Yeah, he's perfectly serviceable, but he's not. You know. It's also got Great. some Blofeld in there, and yeah, that's not ever. I think that's my favorite Blofeld, though. To be fair, if we're gonna count the fake brother or the the secret brother as a Blofeld, which I guess we'd have to. Well, he is. He says, "My name is now Ernst Stavro Blofeld." <laughs> yeah, that actor is very good, and I think he did Chris, the best yeah. he could with that. I mean, and the the other problem is like that was a plot twist we saw coming. 007 miles away, you know? I mean, look, everyone literally called that. Yeah. As, especially was... as soon as the name was changed to Spectre. It was just like, oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously the guy who plays villains is going to be the villain. Like That was as good all, a kept yeah. secret as uh, Benedict Cumberbatch being Khan in the second yeah, it's, Star Trek Yeah, it's the reboot. same exact thing is, uh, is, is that. Uh, but I like Telly Savalas as Blofeld. I think he has the right amount of gravitas to him that i want mm-hmm. um certainly more than donald pleasance or the the guy who was in for your eyes only who <laughs> was just in a wheelchair like blow which, fake yeah it, i mean it was it was him but it wasn't because they i don't think they could say it yeah. <laughs> but, well and, and also i guess part of that is blofeld was never meant to be the anti-bond he's supposed to be like the anti-m yeah, and I think they missed that in a lot of places except for maybe Honor Majesty's Secret Service where, like, he has a big old plan and that's, you know, that's what he's doing. He's not trying to fight Bond. I think he's best when he sends anti-Bonds after Bond. Like, when he, like Scaramanga is an anti-Bond. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Red Grant is an anti-Bond. Necros from Living Daylights is an anti-Bond. Really weird anti-bond who throws milk grenades i don't know guys hey it's listen not... at least it wasn't uh christopher walken i man did you did you <laughs> did you know that max zorin was made in a tube <laughs> he was a test tube he's a genetic experiment super soldier did you know that about christopher walken's character max zorin from view to a kill why does he have such a dumb plan <laughs> He's not a very dumb plan, and he also there's half the movie's about horses. <laughs> and then it's suddenly not. It's, it's, it's about horses until the very second it's not. And then all of a sudden, it is about blowing up Silicon Valley to 
quote, own the chip industry. They won't be able to make any chips there. They don't make chips there. They buy the chips. That Your chip monopoly would go to waste because you blew up the place that buys the chips. Yeah, you took away the demand side of the equation instead of the supply. Yeah, you're you're doing an anti-goldfinger maneuver where he is he is trying to irradiate all the gold so it's useless. Except here's a fun thing about gold: it just sits in Fort Knox. It doesn't do anything. It could be irradiated to all hell if we, if it wanted to be. It wouldn't matter. Yeah, especially because we're not on the gold standard anymore. So I I mean in 1962, three, four, five, six, in 1964, six. I think we might have still been. So very like, shortly after that, we were not like it makes sense, but still it just stays in the one place. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So all that, that matters is that we have it. Even when we were on the standard, all that mattered is that it existed in our possession. Yeah. So him having his own supply of gold that is not irradiated is just like cool job. Good job, bro. You did it. Go have a beer with some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think those are the worst ones. Yeah. Oh, half a world is not enough. It should probably be on that list, but we can't do it that way. About uh, two thirds of it is really good. And then it just is a, is a straight up cartoon show. And it's so weird. If if he had pulled a hammer out of nowhere to hit somebody, I would not have been half surprised. I, I would not have been surprised if, if like he had a like, like spring shoes, you know, like <laughs> if he had just turned into inspector gadget would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, well, dang, look at that. We pulled it out in under an hour and a half. I'll take that money. Hot uh, dog. Well under. So, Jake, thank you for coming on, dude. Oh, thank you for having me. I love talking about James Bond. It is pretty great. We're going to have to do this consistently. Uh, so, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, I'm on Twitter at JJ underscore Mason. I got, uh, please don't tune out just yet. I know I say this a thousand times every time I'm on a podcast. Please don't tune out. I got a very kind of a, a world reveal kind of at the end of, of this string. Ooh. Um, so there is Morphin Grid, episode after recap of the Mighty Morphin Power. Well, all the Power Rangers were in Lost Galaxy. It's slow going. I've been told it picks up, but I'm not so sure. The finale is great. I like I know there's a point where everyone says it gets better by this point and we're just not there yet. So I'm hoping we get there soon. But also, there is Pokémon World Tour and Pokémon World Tour United, which is a tour of the Pokémon world, feature that, and a actual play RPG of us inside the Pokémon world. Matt has been a guest on that. He is a gym leader. There is Cool Kids Table, which is oh, that's something I really want to talk about because we just started by the time this comes this is coming out this Monday. Mhm. Okay, so when this comes out, we just started a new arc called Sequinox, which is a magical girl story DM'd by Shannon Maynard, and uh, we got Cassidy Stone on to play it. We're using the Sailor Moon RPG, which is a mess. It is a mess of a system that we accidentally broke while making characters. Okay, uh, hold up. That was not an accident. That was competitive. Everyone can that, go see that video. I don't know what you're talking about. I think that might have been an accident. You know, it, it was an accident for me. John, I think Josh was being malicious. <laughs> Wow, Josh, you gonna take that from him? Uh, I don't know if you listen to this show or not anymore, but you don't. Take I don't think he him. listens to any podcast, so I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> he's been on here once, <laughs> yeah, and he will be back again. I know he's gonna talk about something yeah. at some point. Uh, but uh, it's called Sequinox. There's gonna be a lot of great art from it because a Shanimator is an amazing artist. She's character designer on Archer, also just a the my favorite artist, um, and also Cassidy. 
is an awesome artist too. And so we're going to get a lot of cool art from that. So you're going to want to check that out. It's real fun. I do a perfect Southern accent. So check it out for that. Dirty lie. It uh, is It is so good, Matt, that Cassidy started using, like her Southern accent started coming out. That's how good it was. That's real, Matt. That's real. That's that raw stuff. It does sound like this arc is going to be a lot of fun. You should all it's going to be it. it's going to be bonkers and great. Uh, there's also let me see what am I forgetting? Hard reboot that we do with Alan. Yeah. Uh, the next episode is going to be on Dracula, and I'm very excited to record that. We haven't done it yet. We have not yet. Um, I edit Sailor Business. You do one with Shannon. Oh, and then but yeah, Kingdom Smarts is my newest one, uh, where Shannon has to explain Kingdom Hearts to me, but she only gets thirty minutes at a time because if I let her go any longer, she won't stop. It's been very, very good. I uh, the the episode we recorded Thursday, which will be out uh, tomorrow from when this comes out, and the episode that is the the most recent episode are my two favorites so far um, because we just like hit the stuff, we hit like the business of Kingdom Hearts. Um, and it's about to get very complicated and me more exacerbated. And also, I just totally bought into how, like, cool and awesome Sora is. So I, I love that boy so much. Oh, yeah. You lost your mind in this last episode, episode oh, 12 that just went up. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. He's such a good boy. Uh, but then I want to reveal to the world. This is the first time we've talked about it on air anywhere. This is a world premiere. Um, Matt J from the Super Sentai Brothers and I are starting a Bond podcast called Spectre. And I'm not going to tell you what Spectre stands for. You'll have to listen to the podcast for that. Uh, but it's going to be a movie review. Um, each episode we do a movie. It's every two weeks we review a movie. The episodes are long. We've recorded one already. It went about two hours and change. I don't know what the final edit's going to be. Um, also, I don't have to edit it. Uh, thank you so much, Mark, who is our producer, who is amazing. <laughs> I am very excited to hear this. It, it, I had a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a real fun one. You are conscripted to come on for Die Another Day. Uh, so I did this that. to myself. Yeah. You did. Um, you'll probably also be on for Skyfall. So yes! I don't think anybody else has claimed it, but like you are... You, unless if I somebody, suffer through that one, I should be rewarded. <laughs> well, it's it would be reversed because here, here's the way we're doing it is we're doing every movie... But by Bond. So we do every Bond's first movie. And then we do oh, every right, Bond's right. second movie. And in between every loop, we'll do a, a Bond adjacent one, a Kingsman, an Austin Powers, a Man from Uncle, uh, probably a Bourne movie. Um, we'll just keep, you know, doing them. Uh, we got a lot of fun, cool ideas. We rank a lot of stuff at the end, which is very fun. Uh, but it, it was a really good time recording the last one. I'm very excited for it to come out. I don't know when it's launching yet. Probably in a week or two. Um, so nice. you'll know. Uh, get get it yeah. in under the wire with uh, with Bontober there. Yeah, uh, but it's 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 super fun and uh, and I I think if you like me talking about Bond, you'll probably like me talking about Bond. Yeah, I mean that stands to reason. Yeah. So and then Matt J is just like a super cool and fun guy. So like that's a that's just like a good time. If you enjoy Power Rangers adjacent stuff uh, and you're not listening to Super Sentai Bros, go do that. Oh, absolutely! Listen to Super Sentai Brothers. They're they're. Two super great, super funny guys. Matt J is one of them. Um, and then uh, and and now we're doing a podcast about Bond together. So Woo. it's going to be a good time. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, everybody, we'll see you all next week. You can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and review? Or maybe tell a friend. Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Roosevelt and can be found at the Free Music Archive. 
That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening. (laughs) 